Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here riding solo today. First solo pod we've had in quite a while here on the show, but I just couldn't wrangle in anyone to talk about the Summer League finale that, you know, a lot of Bucks fans would have caught this afternoon or yesterday afternoon as you're listening to this podcast. Milwaukee wrap up Summer League proceedings one and four. They lose four straight games. Uh, they went down to the Nuggets 94 to 87 in this one, which honestly I thought was a pretty entertaining summer league game. There was some nice highlights. There was some nice plays from players on both ends of the floor. As far as Denver go, uh, some of the impressive performances. Bones Highland, and, and listen, we love this name. This was a name that Frank and myself brought up on the pre-draft prod podcast. So Bones Highland uh, was pretty good in this one. He had 20 points to go along with five assists. Hit a couple of big shots. Uh, down the stretch there. And then what about a maker that was out on the floor and getting some buckets there? He finished with nine points in eight minutes, a couple of rebounds, both on the offensive end. And Thon Maker was in the crowd. We mentioned Thon on the pod yesterday. So back-to-back mentions for Thon Maker. So shout out to him. But from the Bucks' point of view, the reason why I found this game a little more entertaining than some of the other summer league games we've watched. And you can take this however you would like to take it. I thought the ball was pinging around a little bit more and it might be coincidental. It might not be coincidental that this was a game that Jordan Moore didn't play. So I I spoke about Jordan a little bit on yesterday's pod in terms of, I do think that fatigue was starting to catch up with him a little bit. We saw the jump shot was off. He certainly had the green light and he was the guy that was supposed to be the focal point for the offense. But his efficiency was horrific during the summer league. I mean, there's no point mincing words there. He wasn't able to drop a shot at all, particularly from the three-point land. Uh, from three-point land, and I think you know, the biggest thing that really stood out to me, without him in the lineup, was as I said, there was more pick and roll actions, there was more ball movement. I think when you have guys like Mamu Kalashvili and Diakite on the floor, you want to be running some pick and roll. You want to get those guys rolling hard to the basket. You want to get them engaged. So. I thought we saw more of that. And I really enjoyed seeing Mamadi and, and Sandro out there and creating plays, and particularly Mamu. I'll get to him in just a little bit. So for Jordan Moore, I don't think there's too much to worry about. I mean, again, I, I personally just think it's a long shot that he breaks his way into the rotation this year. But again, he was playing a role in Summer League that you're not going to see him play with the main roster. So hopefully he just stays healthy. We've got approximately six, five, five-ish weeks, six-ish weeks until training camp starts, I am expecting the schedule to drop in a few days' time here. That's the, that's the word that I got through, uh, through uh, my work over here in Australia. So we should have a schedule in the next couple of days, which we'll be able to outline um, potentially preseason if they drop that, but certainly some of the big matchups during the regular season, which is always fun. Will the Bucks be on Christmas? Certainly hope so. After having that home game last year and potentially being able to get some fans there in Milwaukee, that would be a lot of fun. So... Yeah, for Jordan, just time for him 
to rest up. But for the other two guys, Mamadi and Mamu Kalashvili, and before I get to those, I should really uh, note the Badger, Dimitri Trice. Not Travis Trice, not Summer League legend Travis Trice, but Dimitri Trice. 26 minutes in this one, he did come off the bench, but uh, he was 10 for 16 from the floor, for 3 for 6 from the three-point line, and finished with 24 points. He was awesome. He was awesome. He was really fun to watch. I certainly hope uh, that you know maybe he's a player that could latch on somewhere. I mean, the Bucks do still have a two-way uh, position there, so who knows? Maybe Trice showed them something in this last game here when he did get the opportunity to play. And uh, shout out to Brandon Randolph as well. Went down with a knee injury, so we hope that he's doing okay. But as far as Mamu went, this was clearly the best game from a scoring perspective for Summer League. From him, he finished with 20 points, seven rebounds. He got you a block. He was eight for 12 from the field. And I spoke about this with Justin on yesterday's podcast. He was 0 for 8 from the three-point line coming into this game. In this game against Denver, three for four, and the shot was looking good. And this is really, I mean, this is important. I mean, he finishes the summer league three for 12, so 25%, fine, small sample size, doesn't really matter. I didn't think that he was too aggressively looking for his shots early in summer league. Tonight, he, he was out there. He was willing to let it fly a little bit more, which I personally like to see. He didn't have any assists, which was a, a strange number to see for him. But I liked him trying to score. It's the final game of Summer League. You may as well take those opportunities, get those reps to knock down some shots. And ultimately, if he is a guy, and I, I believe, this was my thoughts from yesterday's pod, that I believe that out of Mamadi, uh, Jordan Mora, and Mamu, I, I do think Mamu Kalashvili is the guy that is most likely to uh, you know, hold his own if he got rotation minutes. You know, he's a big guy in this team that can pass. He's a great rebounder. I, I think that he potentially could. Now, he's a two-way, so it's not... <laughs> you know, the path to becoming a genuine rotation player there is not all that clear, but I've liked what I've seen from him. But ultimately, he's going to have to shoot the three. So I think back to a couple of seasons ago, and, and this really felt like the downfall of DJ Wilson in Milwaukee when he had that patch during the 2019 season where he just could not knock down a shot. It was brutal. He was doing other things. He was rebounding. He was defending relatively well but he couldn't hit a three. He went through a stretch where he was in the low 20s and he had about six weeks in the rotation there. Then Ersan Uyosova came back and you could make the case that Ersan would have come back and played anyway. He had a broken nose. And you might be right if you suggest that, but I just thought the fact that DJ was never able to be consistently reliable from the three-point line really hurt him, particularly in this offense. So I think for Mamu... That three-point shot and the development of that three-point shot will have to be consistent. He'll have to continue to do that because he's got some other attributes that I think really stand out. He finished Summer League with 3.6 offensive rebounds per game. You've heard me talk about this a lot because I think it's significant. We saw last year this was a genuine change of direction from the Bucs, a team that never really worried about the offensive glass before because they were purely focused on getting back, transition defense, and stopping the other team from scoring on the fast break. But last year, it was guys like Bobby Portis that came in, and obviously PJ Tucker, and Pat Connerton. These guys that were able to crash the glass, get second chance opportunities, and ultimately, there was a number of factors that went into it, but the fact that the Bucks were able to withstand their horrific shooting from three throughout their postseason run, a big part of that was because when you looked at the offensive rebounding and the second chance points, uh, they were able to get those extra possessions extra scoring opportunities, and we saw it 
play itself out, particularly in the NBA Finals where you had the best offensive rebounding team in the entire playoffs against one of the absolute worst. And despite the Bucks' poor shooting, they stayed in games and, uh, and they were able to stay in the series and ultimately win the championship. So I do think that that's a very valuable skill that Sandro has. He has a nose for the ball on the glass. I'm going to get to some mailbag questions here and I'm going to save the, the, probably the more uh, discussion ones that I want to talk and go back and forth with Frank a little bit and bounce some ideas off with Frank. So if you're not going to hear your question today, it's fine. I'm just going to run through a couple here as we knock out this uh, early week podcast and then we'll get Frank in and we'll do uh, what, we, what we usually do. But before I get to that, one last point on the players like Mbamity and Sandro. I had a chat, um, pretty lengthy interview with Jock Landau a couple of days ago, who, for those that don't know, Jock Landau is an Australian basketball player. He was actually on the Milwaukee Bucks summer league team two years ago, uh, but he's been playing internationally and he was just on the bronze medal winning Australian team at the Olympics. He was a starting center for that team and just signed a contract with San Antonio. So I caught up to him, caught up with him prior to him heading to San Antonio and he said something that stuck out to me and I've thought about it when it comes to Mamadi and I've thought about it when it comes to Mamu as well. He said, yeah, look, I've really had to change my mindset for the way I evaluate, evaluate how I play the game. He said, so I've been in teams where I've dominated, where I've been the focal point. And certainly Mamadi's done that if you think about what he did in a G League. Certainly Mamu's done that if you think about what he did at college with Seton Hall. He was putting up massive numbers. It's not going to be the case with the Milwaukee Bucks. But Jock Landau said to me, there's three ways that I evaluated whether I played a good game or not. And this changed when he was playing for the Boomers and he said he's going to carry it through to San Antonio. So the first point was rebounding and making sure that there isn't a lost ball or a fumbled rebound or basically he's always, if he's in position, he's going to snaffle that rebound. That was one thing that he judged himself on. Secondly, it was screen setting. Because he understood as a big man, if he sets good screens, he's going to free up other guys for open shots and also create opportunities for himself, which brings us to point three, which was rolling hard to the basket every single time he needed to. And I think those three things stand out to me when I think about how those guys, Sandro and Marmody, can impact games. Roll into the basket, finishing around the rim, offensive rebounders and setting big screens. Uh, I like it. I mean, those are three things to really judge these guys on when they're in the game. And when we're away from Summer League, if we do get opportunities to see them play, focus on those things and see how you think that they're doing in those three areas because I do think it is really impactful. So before we get to these uh, mailbag questions, we'll talk about Sweat Block, our sponsors of the show that you've heard me introducing because uh, we know sweating can be a bit of an embarrassing problem for guys and, and, and girls. It's It's something that... And we can't help. I've said before, being in Milwaukee in that humid weather, I was sweating like a maniac. But Sweatblock wipes are a pretty nice product. So Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting, no more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. So the gray t-shirts are back in the rotation, which is great to see. This doctor created and doctor recommended works up for seven days per use. Is that dry shirt guarantee that I just mentioned if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, 
you get your money back. So you can get it for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. And then what about Indeed? Our friends over at Indeed. General managers ask questions to find the right players like, do they have ice in their veins? When you're hiring, you can use Indeed assessments to make sure you find candidates with the skills you need. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all your hiring in one place, even interviewing. With Indeed assessments, choose from 135 skills tests to help make sure you're finding applications from people with skills you need. Get started right now on the $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, first question we're going to jump into here comes from Daz. And remember, if you are on Twitter, you will see a tweet that I threw out yesterday. So go back, just go to my timeline. It'll be right near the top there and you could add your questions. And of course, if uh, you aren't on Twitter, you're listening to the podcast, send us an email, lockedonbucks at gmail.com. And Frank is the manner of the inbox. inbox. He'll be all over it. And, uh, and also, you know, the beauty of the email you can go into a little bit more detail as well, which might be what you are after. So first question, or it's a series of questions really, comes from Daz at Ewing in Oz. Interact, interact with Daz pretty regularly on Twitter. And it's a pretty general question. He says, how do you think the season plays out? You know, he says, will they rest, uh, load balance in the regular season or try to win 73 games? Will they care about seeding? Will they ignore everyone and focus purely on Brooklyn? Will Giannis let up or will he push harder than ever? Just looking for your general feel. So we'll start with the, the rest situation here. And I thought the Bucks got it right last season. And I remember speaking about it on the podcast at the start of the season. We said, look, this is, this is really fascinating discussion points we're getting out of the preseason press conferences with Bud and some of the players and the, the conversation or the question that, that still stands out to me today was the one where Bud said, yeah, look, I had a conversation with Giannis. He told me he wants to play a little bit more. And I, I think we saw that manifest in opening night against Boston. We saw it in games against Brooklyn early in the season where if this team is blowing out teams, then you're not going to see Giannis out there until the final buzzer. I mean, that doesn't make sense. But we did definitely see the Bucks look to expand their minutes just a little bit. And it's not as simple as just looking at the minutes per game at the end of the season. Because as I just pointed to, there's blowouts, there's different situations, you know, injuries, whatever it may be that impact those to overall minutes per game. But I think that we saw a more concerted effort to get these guys more minutes and have them more prepared to play in the postseason. Now, that being said, last season, what we also saw was a lot more experimental schemes, particularly defensively. They had a new offense that they needed to run out. So I think that there was a number of factors that contributed to Milwaukee finishing in the position they did in regards to seeding. Finishing the number three seed, not winning as many games, winning percentage not being as high which I think was eye-opening for fans. And I think, honestly, that fueled a lot of the panic among Bucks fans that things weren't well. Now, 
I was always someone, and you can say, well, you're always an optimist, but I was always someone that liked what I was seeing from this team in terms of the way they were preparing for the postseason. And a big part of that was because I think that if you're a contending team, there's always a period where you have your first success and it's like, okay, hell for leather. We're winning every game. We want to win every game. We want to send a message. We want to be the best team in the league. And I think ultimately what happens when you look at all the great teams, whether it is the LeBron teams in the past, whether it's the San Antonio Spurs, ultimately you're going to win enough games that you're going to give yourself home court, certainly in the first round. We'll see what happens after that. The Bucs are going to be in that position. But I think that what they learned last year and what they took out of winning games on the road, whether it was in Phoenix, whether it was in Brooklyn at Game 7, I just think mentally... It's going to be impossible to shake Giannis now. It's going to be impossible to shake Chris. And it's not to say that they're going to win every single game on the road. And I'm sure that they would still love to have home court. There's no doubt that playing at Fireset Forum was a fortress. Teams did not enjoy going in there and playing playoff games. There's no question about that. But I just think personally, me watching this team, I'm not going to be sweating over the Bucs not getting the number one seed or the Bucs not getting the number two seed. I think it's all about the process. And I think that this was, again, as I said, a a definitive shift in how this team attacked last regular season. And I think they'll do the same. Now, in terms of will they ignore everyone and focus purely on Brooklyn, the only thing that I would bring up with that is that Philadelphia is a bit of a wild card here. And we don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons and if there's going to be a trade there. But the one thing that we know is that one, you know, star, all star level, play a trade which Ben Simmons is which he has been can shift the whole dynamic of the conference now we never really got to see it last year because I think the trio of Kyrie Irving Kevin Durant and James Harden I think it was seven games they played or nine games they played before the postseason so even as we were going through the regular season the Nets were kind of always on the back burner because they never played together those guys never played so it's like well okay are we supposed to be worried about this team Ultimately, I think we learned that, yes, we should have been worried about that team. And if they were all healthy, who knows what would have happened. So they're they're the definitive threat. The Sixers, as currently constructed with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I've been saying it for a long time. I mean, we've seen it. The, The evidence is there. It doesn't work at this point in time in that environment. And I think the, the mental state that that environment has put him in, I don't think Ben Simmons is a player you need to worry about too much in the postseason. So the Sixers, I do have down the list a little bit but if they make a big early season trade then it could shift the dynamic a little bit there as well so I think ultimately the big question for the Bucs that they're going to have coming into this season is you're probably going to have to face the Nets in the postseason again last year we saw they were able to switch a little bit but also Brooke Lopez played major minutes but there was only Kevin Durant which meant that role players were surrounded him. And, you know, I know James Harden came back, but he wasn't quite the same. So when you have all three guys, I think having a lineup and working out who are the guys that can switch, who are the guys that can, can play and defend multiple positions, I think Brooklyn asked more questions than anyone else in the Eastern Conference. So I don't think it's totally ridiculous for the Bucks to have Brooklyn fair and square in the front of their mind as they roll through the season. But ultimately, I think that they're going to be fine. They're going to be a top seed in the East. I don't think that they'll need to or want to really push for a 73-win season or a dominant season. I don't think there's much benefit in that for this team as the defending champions, particularly, again, with another shorter offseason. Some of the guys going to the Olympics, uh, they're going to ease their way into this. 
They'll win a bunch of games. They'll be really, really good at home. And hopefully, again, will set themselves for a long run. But as for the question about whether Giannis will let up or will push harder than ever, come on, Daz. We know Giannis. He's pushing harder than ever. That's why we love him. And that's also why we love rockauto.com, the family business that's been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers. As I said, for over 20 years, the prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, towel lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find a solution to your auto, to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box today. And we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And while you're surfing rockauto.com, you may as well have a built bar in your hand. You need a snack for those types of activities. When you're online, you're doing shopping, you're going to have a snack, and it may as well be the best-tasting protein bar that's ever been made. Uh, there are so many delicious flavors with Built Bar. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about whichever it is. And if you don't know the flavors, you're simply missing out. We've got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and also German chocolate. So if you can't nail it down to one flavor or two flavors, it's totally fine. Get a mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors and that'll keep you going for at least a day, maybe two days, depending on how hungry you are. These bars are healthy for you, which is great. It's also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is pretty sweet. Not as good as Australia, but pretty good. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com. Alrighty, let's jump into a question now from Zach Logan, which is kind of following up from what I just finished talking about, actually. How do you think the impacts will be losing Tucker? I have a feeling we're going to miss him big time come playoff time. The one thing I'll say is the last point that you made there, Zach, is the key point because you're not going to really feel the loss until postseason time. I mean, he hardly played during the regular season. I think the Bucs are going to be good enough talent-wise that they're going to win a bunch of games anyway, as I already outlined, that I don't think that Tucker is really going to matter. But the series that the Bucs needed, P.J. Tucker, the series they don't win with that P.J. Tucker was Brooklyn. Now, there's a number of factors. We went through it with Frank and said, okay, well, what does this Tucker non-signing look like? The failure to sign Tucker, what does that look like for the Bucs? And there's a number of questions. Health? Is P.J. Tucker going to be healthy this year? He was carrying some injuries, certainly through the regular season. When he came to Milwaukee, he was a little bit banged up. I wouldn't say that he was at 100% during the postseason, but he's 36, turning 37. And I think a big problem with P.J. Tucker is like slowing that guy down is impossible. And I actually found myself towards the back end of the regular season thinking, Geez, PJ Tucker, man, he's got to chill out. We really need this guy for the postseason, but he doesn't really have that gear. So I don't know how it would have looked with PJ Tucker through the regular season. You wouldn't have imagined they would be starting him, but would they actually be able to hold this man back, a 37-year-old? I don't know. But the big question, as I already pointed to, there's no doubt about that, is with Brooklyn. Because think about it. If they have to go to whatever the lineup is right now, we've sort of said, well, you know, Semi Ojale is a guy that's a similar size. 
maybe Milwaukee are hoping that he becomes a PJ Tucker light as a guy that can switch and play different positions. We know he's big. We know he's strong. We know he plays a lot of time at the four as a guy that's six foot seven. But I would have my reservations that you could put him on Kevin Durant. And it does impact everything because it's like, well, okay, is it Drew Holiday that goes to Durant? Is it Chris Milton that goes to Durant? Is it straight up Giannis that goes to Durant? But that does change the positions for everyone else and keeping in mind that Kyrie Irving and James Harden will be there as well. So there's no question for me during playoff time, it will be big if you've got 2020, 2021, I should say, PJ Tucker. Who knows how that ends up being? I'm going to be fascinated to watch PJ in, uh, in Miami uh, right now. And uh, look, we can wrap this up with a little personal question. Anil Saw, who always writes into the mailbag, we always appreciate it. He says, well, since you said it doesn't have to be basketball related, how are you guys? What's going on in your careers and lives right now? I hope all is well. Well, Frank, as we all heard on a recent pod, at the moment, some home renovations going on. I don't know if he's still in a hotel or what's happening with him. But we know Frank's a high-flying businessman and salary cap MBA expert. But he lives in Texas. He's flying around. He's in Wisconsin visiting family. So I, th- I think things are going well for him. As far as I'm concerned, my career is always weird. I would love something a little more full-time. I would love something a little more uh, steady, let's say. So I wasn't always on the grind 24-7. But I'm still writing, doing a bunch of stuff with ESPN Australia, a bunch of stuff with NBA.com, the international versions of Australia and Canada, doing this podcast every day. So I'm busy. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but you know, it's a, it's a challenge. When I when I moved and tried to to start this career go, going in Milwaukee, I knew it was going to be a long process, and I wasn't expecting there was going to be a pandemic in between. So it, it's a little bit tough at times. I'm, I'm I feel like I'm constantly tired. I wake up and I say, "Oh, well, it's, well, it's Tuesday. What are we talking about today on the podcast?" You know, there's a lot of work that goes into it, but that's why we appreciate you guys following us along and asking us questions like this, which does give me the opportunity in the middle of an off-season to do a solo pod and feel like I haven't taken a breath in the last half an hour, which is great because you guys have kept me rolling. But if you're not done listening to Locked On Podcasts, then I can only recommend the Locked On Today podcast with our great friend from Locked On Packers, Peter Bukowski. He updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of the local experts from around the network. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, We've got so many questions to roll through with Frank when I get him back. There's, there's questions about the offseason. There's the question between Dante versus Grayson Allen, the contract decision that's coming up. It's a big one. There's no doubt about that. There's questions about the confidence of this team. Does the championship shake any of the previous nerves or anxiety that we had about this team in close games? Uh, there's questions about Jim Paschke, Jordan Wara. Uh, Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is getting on. He's 34 years old now, or he's going to be 34 years old. So uh, there will be questions about what the Bucks are planning at the center position moving forward. So as I said, if you've got more questions, get them up on my Twitter, at Kane Pittman, or LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. And we're going to rip through these in the next few days. And of course, bring you all the news that comes through as it does it's the off season. I'm going to be getting some guests on this show. We're going to be having some fun conversations along the way, approximately six weeks until training camp. So we do not have too long to wait here. And let's be honest, I ran a daily podcast through the pandemic shutdown for four months. So you think I'm worried about six weeks? I'm not concerned at all. I'm ready to go. I appreciate you guys. Stay safe over there and I'll catch you guys tomorrow.